All right, my friends, we are back with another solo episode. Today, we are going to go over a question that I got in our Facebook community. So someone asked, without counting macros, like how do you know when you are at maintenance or in a surplus of food intake or like eating too many carbs? And I asked a follow-up question, are you currently tracking macros? And they said, no, I don't. I get obsessed with it when I do. And it brought up past disorders. I avoid it. And so I said I would talk about it. I wanted to dive into this a little bit more with this individual just because so many people have so many different experiences with tracking macros. Some people love it. Some people hate it. And there's some recurring themes that I see with macro tracking. And it's really interesting to me because things like intermittent fasting and low-carb diets, they actually put you at a higher risk for eating disorders. There is evidence to support that. If anybody wants like that paper, shoot me a message. I'll find it somewhere in all of the saved papers that I have. But I really believe that your relationship with food and your mindset around tracking macros is going to determine your success. Do I think that tracking macros is for everyone? No. And yes, we're diving right into today's topic. This is likely going to be a short episode because I really just want to cover the value of tracking macros and also some alternatives because there are alternatives to tracking macros. But I think a lot of people start it without having the full picture So if you're hesitant to track macros, you've had a bad experience in the past, I really do want you to hear me out. I know you're probably like, macro tracking, my ears are closed. Listen up. I'm going to go over just some things that might help you approach macro tracking differently than you have in the past. I'm not saying you need to go try it again if it didn't work for you, but there may be some things that would change your approach around it. So. The first thing I want to go over is what an unhealthy relationship with food looks like. And you're probably like, why are we talking about my relationship with food? I thought we were talking about macro tracking. If you have a really poor relationship with food, you are going to have a really poor relationship with tracking macros. That is a given. And a lot of people try and like out diet their relationship with food. So I want to go over just like a few phrases and a few things that might help you realize you do or don't have a poor relationship with food. Because I talk to women regularly and they use a lot of these labels. And honestly, you're probably not ready to track macros. You're probably not ready to diet if you feel this way about food. So one, it's going to be earning food with exercise or like The morning after Christmas, do you feel like you absolutely have to go to the gym because you overindulged? Things like that. Are you exercising harder so you can have that birthday cake, your kid's birthday party tomorrow? Like, are you feeling like you have to earn your food with exercise? That is a poor relationship with food. Feeling the need to work off extra calories. I mentioned that one already, but like post holiday or After a date night, you guys went out to eat, had a burger and fries, maybe some food you just wouldn't regularly have. Do you feel like you have to work that off? Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being like, oh my gosh, my body's got some extra fuel. I'm going to go get a 
awesome workout in and I'm going to crush it. I'm maybe even going to hit some personal bests here. But that is different than feeling like you have to go to the gym. You have to do hours and hours and hours of cardio. You have to go train for hours and hours and hours and fork off the food that you ate. You do not need to earn your food. You do not need to work off extra calories. If you feel that way every time you maybe overindulge a little bit or you eat something that you wouldn't regularly, that is a poor relationship with food. Or unless medically necessary, you say things like, I can't eat fill-in-the-blank food, carbs, or that's the big one, really. I can't eat pizza. I can't eat chips. I can't eat cookies. I know I'm throwing out like all these like hyper palatable foods, but if you say like you can't eat those foods or you feel out of control around those foods, you don't have a good relationship with food or blank food is bad for me. Cookies are bad for me. Pizza is bad for me. Eggs are bad for me. That food's been like demonized. Oatmeal. I don't think there is a single food that has not been demonized somewhere on the internet. So if somebody is demonizing food, telling you should not eat it, run. Unless for some reason that food is like poisonous, moldy, it's bad, it's expired, whatever. That's different. Or blank food is unhealthy. So using labels like good food and bad food, unhealthy and healthy. And it's really unfortunate because a lot of women come to us And they want like a a list of foods, right? They want like good foods, they want bad foods, and they want like a meal plan. They don't know exactly what I can eat and what I can't eat. And I often ask them, hey, what's the reality of you following a meal plan for the rest of your life? Probably not. Like, do you think you're going to go on a date ever again or want some ice cream with your kiddos or something like that? Like, what are your non-negotiables? Do you want to be able to have a margarita on the weekends? Because if you feel guilt every time you have those things, which a food list or a meal plan is going to perpetuate that because no food list or meal plan includes margaritas, I promise you that, Um, unless you make your own. And it's so interesting because I sent out in my email list and to my Facebook group a food list slash meal plan. So I get questions all the time like, well, do you guys make meal plans for your clients? Do you make food lists? And I'm like, no. We don't. We teach you how to eat and how to fuel your body and how to include foods you love. Like what are your your YOLO foods? You know, is it is it donuts? Is it cookies? Is it pizza? I don't know. Figure out what those things are because we can adjust your diet to include those things. That doesn't require a food list or a meal plan. This is what flexible dieting is. It gives you the flexibility to include those foods that you enjoy into your diet. So if you are using any of these labels, you are, you know, overeating after like a a prolonged period of severe restriction uh, or any form of severe restriction, if you find yourself overeating, you have an unhealthy relationship with food. A lot of people label this as binge eating. There is a difference between binge eating and overeating. Binge eating in the clinical sense is like eating past fullness, even when you don't want the food, even when you are like uncomfortably stuffed, it's like an unsatiable hunger and experience. It is different than overeating. Overeating would be like, oh, I skipped breakfast. I ate a 300 calorie lunch. I came home and I ate like everything I could get my hands on in the fridge. And then I was full and felt guilty 
and uncomfortable. That is a little bit different, but still not a healthy relationship with food. If you're going into macro tracking or a diet or anything with these ideas in your head, you are not going to stick with anything because life happens. Like when was the last time? Think, I'm sure there was a time in the last week you ate something you thought you shouldn't or you felt the need to work off some food or felt the need to eat less the day after overindulging. All of those things are not positive and are not going to encourage a healthy relationship with food. All foods can fit in moderation. The problem is most people don't really understand what moderation looks like. Hence where a coach comes in can be really beneficial. And that's really where the beauty of macros comes in. And you don't have to track full macros. You can track just calories and protein. There are a lot of options beyond full macro tracking. Some people find tracking calories, protein, carbs, and fats really, really helpful. Some people like to track just calories and protein. There are options within macro tracking. And again, I would check off your relationship with food before I would consider macro tracking. Let's talk about your mindset around tracking macros because I really believe that your mindset around tracking your food is what's ultimately going to determine how consistent you are with it and how successful you are with it. So I find that those who actually have success consistently tracking, they have a few very clear mindset differences than those who consistently struggle with tracking. So one, they find it simplifies their choices, right? So if you're full macro tracking, especially like a lot of our clients have a higher carb, lower fat macro split, depending on their preferences. And that's usually what makes them feel their best. It simplifies their choices in terms of food choices. So they get to start making their own food lists based off of their macros. Gives them a clear direction to their goals. And it brings a lot of awareness to their choices so they can make informed choices. That is the most important thing right there is the level of awareness that it creates. And let me just say, if you track your food for two weeks and say, this isn't for me, you did not do it long enough. That is, you have to remember like you're a beginner. Two weeks is easily just spent learning. So I challenge you to approach macro tracking with a level of curiosity. Like take the time to track your food, see how that food made you feel. If that food that you tracked is a choice you would make if you weren't tracking, start to play around with those things and be mindful of those things and create that awareness around your choices. And there's a difference between active and passive tracking. Active tracking is being very intentional with it. You're actually reflecting on food logs. You're actually reflecting on how you measure things out. And if those are portions that actually make you feel satiated or full and you're looking at the data, but you're also paying attention to how your body is responding to that. That is active macro tracking. Passive is I'm just trying to hit these goals. I don't care how I feel. Even if that means I need to slam 70 grams of protein in one meal and a protein shake. So how you approach that is very important. And a lot of people approach it passively. They aren't looking at it as a tool to help them create awareness, to help them realize like, what does moderation look like? What does a balanced meal actually look like? So typically 
what we do with clients is we say like, how many meals do you like to eat in a day? Is it like three meals and two snacks? Cool. So take your macros and your calories and divide that by your meals and your snacks. If you have something that's like a non-negotiable for you, like maybe mid-morning, like for me, I have a protein bar. It's a Daryl bar. These things are incredible. I'm not sponsored by any means, but these bars, if you have not seen me post about them on social media, they look like a Quest bar, but those don't get my stamp of approval to say that nicely. These Daryl bars are incredible. They're made in Canada. And if you haven't tried them, please do. But I have one of those every single morning with my coffee. That is like my non-negotiable in a way. So I pre-track that every single day. It's already in my food log. And so I can base my other meals off of that. There are so many tips and tricks to tracking your food. And this is why I can't emphasize this enough, but the value of having a coach and again, reach out to me anytime, Instagram, Facebook, send me a message. If you're struggling with something specifically that I'm talking about, I am there for you to pick my brain and I am more than happy to help you out. There are so many tips and tricks when it comes to tracking macros and there are so many different ways to approach it. So there may be ways that don't really work for you and don't really work for your lifestyle. Like some people don't like eating the same things every single day. That's okay. You don't have to. There are ways to go about it so that you can have some variety in your meals and day to day. So don't let it be something that confines you. Again, people that are successful with tracking macros, they really believe in the benefits of collecting data. And ultimately, this is a place we want to get when it comes to the scale, when it comes to our food, when it comes to measurements. It's all data. If we can look at like these body composition changes as like a science experiment, that will completely change your approach to how you change your body because you'll be able to look at the data without emotion and be able to make your choices based off of that. Because I see a lot of people make poor choices when it comes to their nutrition, when it comes to exercise. And I don't mean poor in terms of like eating certain foods, quote unquote, bad foods or junk food or whatever. I mean, poor choices in terms of like, oh my gosh, the scale spiked this morning. So I'm going to have a knee jerk emotional reaction to that and drop my calories. That is what I'm talking about. If you can look at it and say, oh, my scale spiked this morning, but yesterday had a margarita, had some more chips and salsa than normal. So I probably had more salt in general, more carbs in general, plus I had some alcohol. So the scale is up. I know I didn't gain weight overnight because that would be like next to impossible. You would literally have to eat 3,500 calories over your maintenance calories to gain a pound of fat. And even then there's lots of wiggle room. So you can look at that objectively and say, no, I'm going to focus on hydration, keep my nutrition consistent today, and it will level out. And I guarantee it will level out if you do those things. So people that are successful with macro tracking believe in the benefits of data. It also simplifies untracked meals. So we like to have each of our clients take a day every single week, like pick a day that you have untracked or you have an untracked meal or an untracked day. It's totally up to you what your preference is. You don't even have to do this, but if you feel obsessive with like tracking macros, you probably should. Take a day off from tracking macros where it's not like halfway through the day, you go, oh my gosh, I didn't track my breakfast. So screw it. Today's going to be an untracked day. 
because we know how that works out. It turns into the cycle of you're just you're just perpetuating an all or nothing mindset. So make sure it's intentional. Some people want it to be Sunday. It's their their rest day. They get to spend time with family. But the goal is not to have a an effort day, right? Not to say screw it and do whatever the heck we want. The goal is to make intentional choices so that would align with your macros, right? So it's not like we're just having a free for all. We're trying to eat mindfully, like actually continue the habits and the things that we have done with macro tracking in the other six days that week on that day and maybe with different foods. You know, the goal is to be able to eat intuitively, but a lot of people want to eat intuitively, but intuitive eating is educated eating. The most streamlined way to get educated around your food is intentional and active macro tracking. So this is why I'm a huge advocate for macro tracking. Again, it's not for everybody and that's okay. But I think if you had somebody to walk you through this process, it would help a ton because a lot of people try and do it on their own. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like props to you, like take action, do it. But lower your expectations, lower the timeline. I mean, let yourself have like two to four weeks to just track what you eat right now. Don't change anything. Just track what you're eating right now. Try and get an idea of what that actually looks like. Use it, approach it with curiosity. Use it to set some goals for the next month. Take it one step at a time. There is no rush here. The important thing is that you are moving the needle forward And we want to continue to cultivate a positive relationship with food. That is huge because I have not worked with a single client that has not had some skewed relationship with food or skewed relationship with their body. So we need to be conscious of that and make sure how we approach this is not going to damage our relationship with food. So those with a poor mindset towards tracking, they're going to view it as restrictive. They're going to believe it takes more time than it's worth. And I want to touch on this because I tell clients this all the time. If you don't value what you're doing, you don't value the outcome of whatever your workouts. If you don't value the benefits of tracking macros, if you don't see value in that, you will not stick to it. It doesn't matter what it is because it doesn't align with the person that you want to be. It doesn't align with who you are, your values, and in your identity. And that's we're going to talk about that on another episode because your why is very important. Your identity, who you want to become in this health and fitness journey is very important. But if you don't value the outcome of something, again, it doesn't matter what it is, you're not going to stick to it, right? Like you brush your teeth every single day, twice a day, maybe even more, because you value the outcome, right? That's something very simple. But what else? You go to work every single day. Probably not because you want to please your boss, probably because you want a paycheck, or maybe you're really, really passionate about what you do. You value the outcome of what you do, or you value the outcome of what you do, and you value the paycheck that comes with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, you see value in those things. If you don't, you will not stick to it. You will not show up. You will not do the work. Now, what else happens when you approach macro tracking with a poor mindset? What does that look like? You find it too hard. You find it takes too much effort. Again, you're learning a new skill. Do you remember like the last time you tried to learn something you'd never done before? It's probably frustrating. Like, I don't know about you, but the first time I tracked macros, 
it felt like when my desk for work came in this box, it's probably an Ikea desk. I don't know. But it came in a million pieces. I looked at my fiance and I was like, I need you to do this because that's your skill set. And I'm overwhelmed. I mean, something as simple as putting a desk together, but there were so many pieces. It was like paralysis by analysis. And it was not something I'd ever done before. And I totally get it. It's literally the same shoes you're probably in when you approach tracking macros. And I know I was in because I was like, there's instructions right there. Like I could follow it one step at a time and probably put this thing together. But it's a lot easier to have him do it, to be entirely honest. So there's the value in having a coach. But that feeling of overwhelm and like paralysis, that's how a lot of people feel around macro tracking because you don't have somebody to walk you through it and to help you with it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do it on your own, but it's going to require a little bit more effort. And if you don't value the outcome of it, you're not going to put more effort towards it. So another thing is people undereat because they struggle seeing bigger numbers. Again, this comes back to your relationship with food. If you struggle seeing bigger numbers, like you don't track that cake you had last night because it would put a bigger number in your macro tracker and maybe it would show up red. If like your app shows up as like red, like you did something bad, you probably need to find a different app. I'm actually pretty sure that our app shows up as red. So anyway, if it makes you feel bad about it, and you struggle to see those bigger numbers because you feel guilty, that's a sign you need to improve your relationship with food and probably need to come back to macro tracking later. Or there's a couple different approaches we would use with clients here. So if they were overeating, one, I would make sure they know like we're not judging their food choices. Half the time we don't look at our client's food journal unless they specifically want feedback on something. It is there for them and for them to reflect on and set goals based off of. But if they're struggling to see bigger numbers, I tell them, one, we're not judging you. Our job is not to judge your food choices at all. And two, what would you tell a friend or your kid? Many of you have kids. What would you tell them in that situation for feeling guilty for that? And then viewing tracking as all or nothing. And you don't allow yourself to track things you would consider unhealthy or good or bad. Again, this is why it's so important to improve your relationship with food before using macro tracking. And first, are you just using macro tracking as a tool to lose weight? Or are you using macro tracking as a tool to teach you about food and to create awareness? And what benefits do you see getting out of tracking macros? Because if it's just weight loss, you're probably not going to stick to it because you're not going to see weight loss immediately. So If you're just using it as a tool to lose weight, you're going to spin your wheels and you're going to be frustrated. And that's just not a cycle anybody wants to be stuck on. I hope this was helpful. I know a lot of people really struggle with their relationship with food, women especially. And I want you to know there are options outside of macro tracking. I know I told you like, hold up, hear me out, listen to me before you give up on macro tracking. I know it can be very intimidating. Expect to be a beginner when you get started. What would you tell your kid? What would you tell a friend if they were starting something new and they sucked at it? Like if I went out and I tried to play like football, I'd probably suck at it or soccer or many sports to be entirely honest. I'd probably suck when I got started. And there are many things I can think of in my life that I sucked at or I failed at hard, but kept showing up for, kept trying to do better, kept trying to learn. 
Again, what would you tell a friend? What would you tell your kid in that situation where they had to keep getting up, trying again, trying something different? Are you looking at inconveniences? Are you looking at things that aren't going well as roadblocks or speed bumps? Tell my clients this all the time. A roadblock means like you're stopped. You can't move. You can't go anywhere. You're done. That's what that is. A speed bump, that's a slow down, change direction, evaluate what you're currently doing, making changes if you need to, but it doesn't mean you need to stop. So keep that in mind. Now, there is the hand portion method, which you can use outside of macro tracking. I have an entire guide on it, so I'm not going to dive into it because it literally requires you to be able to look at your hands and see like what a palm of protein looks like and a thumb of fat. And that doesn't always work for like cooked dishes and stuff. Anyway, it can work really well for those of you that maybe don't want to use macro tracking right off the bat or you're not ready to start with macro tracking and you just want to improve your relationship with food. Again, I will link that in the show notes so you have access to that guide, just how to eat and create a balanced meal without macro tracking or without tracking at all. Now, in terms of maintenance, there are things I would track. I would track your weight. I would track your measurements. You know, measurements are something you can do like once a month when you're in maintenance mode. But tracking your weight consistently, even with an app that just syncs to your phone so you can see what your weight is doing um, week to week and month to month, that's the best way to tell if you're actually in maintenance is paying attention to measurements and paying attention to weight and keeping track of those things. But ultimately, improving your relationship with food, learning how to eat like balanced meals, that's what's going to be a game changer for you and is going to allow you to maintain in the long term. Because ideally, tracking macros is setting you up for maintenance because it's teaching you those things. It's teaching you how to balance meals, even meals that aren't just like as simple as chicken, rice, and veggies. So there's a lot of value in that. If you want help getting started tracking macros, DM me on Facebook, Macro Tracking Guide, and I will send that to you. I have a 65-page ebook on this that it's free. I will just give it to you. Again, I don't want you to be overwhelmed by it, so keep that in mind when you open it and you get started with it. Take it one step at a time. And then the hand portion guide will be linked in the show notes, so you can access that if you aren't quite ready to challenge or take on the challenge of tracking macros. It's totally understandable. And that will help you get started in terms of creating balanced meals. Will it probably get you exactly where you want to go in terms of your physique? I can't promise you that, but it can help get you started in the right direction. If you found this episode helpful, please share it on all the socials. Tag me at Ambitious Coaching. And then make sure you check out our free Facebook community, Ambitious Women's Fitness Secrets. It is always linked in the show notes as well. And if you enjoyed this podcast and this episode specifically, give us some feedback, leave a five-star rating and review. I love to hear from you guys and I love to hear what topics you want to see covered in the future. 